Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. can worship him he is worthy of it all I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet this morning we give God praise glory and honor for all that he is doing and that he will do the spirit of the Lord is in this place and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Let us pray. Father, we come before your presence this morning, and we pray that you would have your way, Holy Spirit. We prepare our hearts, Lord, and our minds to receive your word, Father. We pray that your word would fall in good ground and give fruit in due season. We pray that you would speak to us, encourage us, my God, that we would be attentive to your word. Your word has the power to transform, and it is only your word that can transform the lives of every person that has come here to hear the word of God. I hide myself behind you, and I pray that you would glorify yourself, that you would do above and beyond measure all that we are asking today. And if I've asked you for too little, I pray that you would do much, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, This morning's theme, uh, or I've tagged this text, His Spirit and the Pattern for His Church. From creation, we see an active God. From creation, we see God working on behalf of His people. He is moving and speaking. And when we look at God's active work in our lives through his working of the Holy Spirit, we see that God is a God who is continuously reaching, redeeming, and filling. Jesus had told his disciples of the coming and the anticipation of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But we see from scriptures that very few actually waited for it because the process of waiting is often difficult. We want outcomes without process. We want filling without waiting. We want filling without sanctification. We want filling without transformation. We want filling without living a life of holiness. And the book of Acts is often referred to as the Acts of the Apostles. It is known as the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the church and the believers. Further, it is known as the accounts that rise from the early church. Acts means in Greek praxis, which means the heroic accomplishments of the disciples and individuals that are called to accomplish the great work of Jesus Christ. This book is not only a historical book, but an account of the early church, but it is to provide us, the 21st century church of believers, not only who is the, but what is the pattern of the first century church and what can we learn from them as believers today as we serve the Lord. 
You see, because the, uh, the book of Acts is more than a series of Acts, but it is a move of the Spirit of God within each of the believers in order for them to accomplish the work that God had set for them. And today, I want to look at these scriptures and pull several truths from them that I think will encourage us, motivate us, and propel us to continue to abide in the seeking and the relationship within the per person of the Holy Spirit. So the first point this morning is, who is the person of the Holy Spirit? We see that he was promised and how not, has now arrived in Acts chapter 2. During Jesus' earthly uh, reign, he made references to the Holy Spirit. And we can look at Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, where it declares that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And at the end days, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 says, As for me, I baptize you with water and repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, that I am not fit to remove his sandals, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit is more than wind. He is a person. He is part of the Godhead, a part of the Trinity. John chapter 15 verses 26, it says, When the Helper comes, whom I will give to you from the Father, this is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father and will testify about me. See, he comes to us as a comforter. John chapter 14, verses 16 tells us, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you a comforter, that he may abide with you forever. He is known as our helper. He is known as our advocate. He is the one who comes to us and presents to us an all-sufficient Christ. He makes himself available that in all things and through all times we will be able to see the good work of Jesus Christ and abound in the grace of God for us. He not only comes to comfort us, but he comes to convict us. The Holy Spirit comes to convict us of our sinful nature, pride, lust, in order that he will lead us to repentance and a life turned towards God. We want outcomes, but we need process. Nevertheless, I tell you that it is to your advantage, Jesus was telling them, that if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he comes to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. John chapter 16, verses 7 through 8. See, it is not merely power that he brings, but a transformation of the heart and a life that glorifies God and that makes us more into his image and his likeness. We often talk about the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, but I want to tell you, those that were waiting were receiving a transformation during that very hour that they received the Holy Spirit. And so he comes to comfort us. He comes to convict us, and he comes to live within us. He shall be with you. John chapter 14, verse 1, he says, He lives with you, and he will be with you. You see, the Old Testament teaches us that his presence was with man. But now in the New Testament, his presence will be in men. It is just not a, a move of wind or fire, but a living person that within us dwells in the heart of every believer that welcomes him to live and to dwell in the hearts of mankind. I don't want just power. I want process. 
I want the spirit to purify me, to sanctify me, to make me more into the image and likeness of God because that is the church that God is looking for that will represent him to the world and in perfect weak people who've surrendered themselves to the living Christ. And so he comes to the believer to unite us in him and he works in us and through us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He is a person with emotions and feelings. It is why the Bible tells us do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And he brings conviction to the believer in order for us to see the light of the gospel. The Holy Spirit helps us, unite, believes us, and gives us control. And the Spirit of God comes to fill us. The filling is necessary because it brings us into fullness with Christ. God not only wants to sanctify us and to redeem us and to save us, but he wants to fill us with his presence. You see, because the Holy Spirit never comes apart from God the Father. It is by the filling that we recognize Christ in our hearts and lives, realizing our dependency on him. That he comes to frail and weak humans and he enables us through his power to live the gospel out. And we can live for Christ and in him alone. In other words, all that we do and all that we are can't be outside of him. He came to Peter, a man who had rejected him, a man who had run away. And he filled them with his spirit. Now Peter is able to preach Christ. He ended up giving his life for the sake of the gospel. He knew everything and knew truth but didn't have the Holy Spirit and Christ in his heart. You see Peter and Paul represent what the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believers. Process, change, transformation and then the filling comes through it. And he came to the 120 and he comes to us. We see the power of the Holy Spirit. My second point. The gospel is a message of good news and strength. First, it is not by your power, but by his power. This power belongs to a person named the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Spirit of God means that not only does this person live in us, but so does his character, his holiness, his love, and his truth. It is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. How beautiful it is to know that the Holy Spirit comes to us, not only to give us power, but to help us through it all. God doesn't only just want us to conquer, but he wants us to proclaim. The church is not a powerless institution, but a powerful one that can call all things into existence. It is called to uproot, to pull down, and to build. Kingdoms were destroyed at the power of the Holy Spirit. And destroyed at the power. God is looking for men and women and where he can fill his presence in their lives. It is the reason the Holy Spirit came down upon those in the Old Testament. But now he does not only just come simply over men, but he wants to dwell within us. He is moving in his people. It is why Peter was able to preach. And so the Holy Spirit not only comes with power, but he comes as a person. 
A.B. Simpson states this, God has the power and you have him. So the power of the Holy Spirit is from above and we receive it moment by moment. He goes on further to state we can have his power in line of his will. In other words, we are empowered to impact for his glory. He has given us to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria until ends of the earth. Where is your Jerusalem? Where is your Judea? Where is your Samaria? There you will go and the Spirit of God will be with you so that you can proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. But we see the power of his character. We don't merely seek his power, but we want his character and the life of Christ in us. In other words, our conduct must spring from a life with Christ. It is the change produced in us by the spirit of the living God. You see, Peter was always running ahead. But once the spirit comes to him and changes him from the inside out, now he is a humble, bold servant of the Lord who can proclaim the love and the transformation of Christ in his life. It is because the character, the power of the spirit who lives inside of him. So the spirit doesn't just bring power, but it brings character, it brings transformation, it brings truth, it brings holiness. And that's why those that were waiting there were filled with the spirit of God because they were going through a process to get to an outcome. You can worship him this morning. And he brings truth to every believer. He brings truth to our lives that enable us to impart it to others. We see that in the life of Peter. Once he is filled with the Holy Spirit, he is able to quote scriptures and explain the word of truth. Because the scriptures of God must be our foundation. They must be what we turn to to help us to understand. It is not simply memorizing the truth. It is having the God of the truth live in within us. And that he would abide in us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 says the letter kills but the spirit gives life. And what truth does Peter share as a result of the spirit of God at him and working in him? We see it in Acts chapter 3 when they're at the, at the gate where the man receives healing. And in verses 11 Peter tells him while the man held on to Peter and John all the people were astonished. And came running to them in the place called Solomon's temple or Solomon's courtyard. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by our own power or godliness that we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers has glorified his servant you handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate though he had decided to let him go you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you you have killed the author of life but God has raised him from the dead what would allow a man like Peter to go boldly before the leaders it is the spirit of truth that lived inside of him that he can proclaim that you killed him hallelujah but the grace of God the mercy of God has me here to tell you that he still loves you. He still has a plan for your life. And the miracle you see here is the miracle he wants to do in your life. And we see the power of his love. Intention to save and to redeem mankind. Rich, poor, young or old. 
It is the impact of the Spirit of God in the hearts of the New Testament church in Acts 4.32 that points to a love for one another. It is this love that bonded them in one accord. How can a body be so diverse but yet so united? It is the Spirit of the living God working in our hearts. For Ephesians 4.3 tells us, the Spirit helps us stand in the unity of the Spirit. It is why we need the Spirit of God. Not just power, we need His character. We need the power of His love. Jesus in His ministry, He was able to heal and rescue many of those who were sick. It is why the adulterous woman found grace. Because the Spirit of God lived in Him. And He was able to produce and project and give grace. It is yet... The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. See, grace came to us all. The Holy Spirit helps eliminate any barriers that might exist between people and nations. This kingdom would be for all until the mission they occupied was completed here on earth. Jesus, because he loves everyone, removes all geographical boundaries by telling them that you will geographical boundaries go until the ends of the earth. This gospel, this truth is for everyone who would believe. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The unity of the early church came because they were all right with God and were filled with his spirit. This unity produced amazing results. They preached the message of Jesus. They believed the same things. They carried the same burdens. Hallelujah. They loved the same things. And he blessed them because they were not selfish. It is only the spirit of God working in us to produce these things that we are able to accomplish it and to go forth and to say we are children of God. It is God's will for us, for every single saint to be filled with the spirit of God. It is not by power limited by distance or location, but God wants to reach all nations, all countries, through imperfect people not worthy of it carrying it forward. But he has you and I to do the work here on earth. So the Holy Spirit leaves us a pattern for the New Testament church. And there are three things that distinguish the New Testament church that I want to share with you this morning. What we see here is the pattern of the Spirit of God working in the church. First, we see a heart for the lost. 3,000 people were converted at Pentecost. This was the work of 120 believers who waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They said to themselves, we will give ourselves to the work, Lord. Just fill us, transform us. Let us be more in your image and likeness that as we go, they will not see us, but they will see Jesus in us. And what will draw a world to Christ? What will draw a world to Christ? That we too will confess our sins. That we too will say, I've been there. But God, the God of the cross, brought transformation into my life. The world wants to see imperfect people who have a testimony to share of God's goodness and God's grace and God's work in their life. They don't care for the building. They want to know what has God done in your life? How has he brought transformation? How has the person of the Holy Spirit brought character and love and transformation in your life? And if he can do it for me, he can certainly do it for you. They continued witnessing. The world needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to see his power on display. Yesterday, the men, and shout out to the men's ministry. 
It's raining outside. It's on a Saturday morning. They're probably here at 5 6 o'clock in the morning. And what are they doing? They're preparing meals. They're getting stuff and they're going to different stores and they're gathering a group of men and saying, despite the weather, despite whatever may be going on, what are we going to do? We're going to go out to Home Depot and we're going to share the love of Jesus Christ. We're going to be his hands and feet here on earth. What compels us to do that? It is not the name of the organization, but the spirit of God that lives in us that says, go forward. I've equipped you to do this work. And so because truth lives in us, we can't hold it back. And because love lives in us, we can't hold it back. And we go and we share and we proclaim this truth that we have received, that we have received grace and we give grace, that we have received forgiveness. And so forgiveness is available to you today. That is the message of Christ. And so they're there ministering. And they were praying for someone. And I was talking to JP, wherever he is. JP, are you here? He's not here. He's JP could just, all he could do was convey, Pastor Rob, at that very moment, we just felt the presence of God. Because where the church is, there is a presence of God. You don't need to be in this building simply to feel, to have the presence. If you're at your workplace, you have his presence. If you're at the doctor's place, you have his presence. If you're at Home Depot, you're on the line, you have his presence. It doesn't matter where, but you carry his presence. And this Second point this morning is worship was their language. They continued steadfastly together in one accord. I love that they were studying God's word. That they worshiped with one another. That they preserved doctrine. That they had presence with each other. Loving each other was what kept this community and brought others into the fold. It is lifting up prayers to God. They understand the need for God's ongoing help for them. And they were committed to breaking bread and being together and sharing. It didn't matter where they had come from or what was their story, but they were committed to be in one another. Let it be that this worship will be also our language and we will be known as a church that does community and life together and helps one another when one falls, there is one to pick them up. Let it be said of Elohim Christian Church that we're not only, we are filled, but worship is our language of love. They weren't real ritualistic but they were faith building, spiritually refreshing. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. It is the Spirit that enables us and allows us to do these things. And the third is to do these things. Third point, their fellowship and commitment to the unity strikes as a pattern for the church. They loved one another. John chapter 13 verse 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. They cared for people, Acts chapter 4 verse 34, that there was no needy persons among them. It must be told that it is love that drives us and will propel us to do these things. They responded in times of crisis. In Acts chapter 6, they chose wise leaders. They sought the unity of the brethren. They made every effort to keep the unity of the spirit among those that were there. And they lived in one accord. You see, because when the spirit of God is actively working in our lives, hallelujah, the church will see things happening voluntarily. 
and freely because it is the Spirit that enables us and allows us. The Holy Spirit helps us bear fruit even in barren places. When the fullness of God lives and abides in us, it is like a spring of continuous water flowing and bringing life in all circumstances. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23. So what can we say are the results of the New Testament outpouring of the Spirit of God on the church? They found favor with man. There was daily growth. The Lord added to their number daily. So the question is, how do we measure? Are we allowing the person of the Holy Spirit, not just his power to dwell within us, but are we allowing his holiness, his character, his love, his truth to abide in us, to work in us, to bring transformation? The pattern is that they abide in his spirit. That they let the spirit of God work in them and through them. That they let themselves be used of God and by God. What a beauty it is to know that God would pour out his spirit. And that he would use them all and would want to use the 21st century church in a similar way. If we would simply abide in his presence. Allow the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He brings truth and conviction and holiness. These are the things, hallelujah, that define the church. We don't follow man. We don't follow programs. We follow Jesus. We follow the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So what is the work that he wants to do in us that will get us the outcome that we're looking for? It's called process. I'm going to ask the worship team to get ready. Insistent enough if you can join me. So how can we be filled the Bible tells us to, that we must empty ourselves, denying self of world pleasures, anything that takes his place. The people that did not wait were too busy to wait on the Lord, and they missed out. The Spirit not only comes to make us great, but to help us to realize that we are in need of God. We are to be hungry the Bible tells us, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will find it. Be open to the work of the Spirit of God, both in conviction and transformation and surrender. Psalms 81.10. God wants to work in our lives. He wants to fill us, but he also wants to bring conviction to those things in our lives that need his transformation. We are called to surrender our will and our lives and our pleasures for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be willing to wait. Make yourself available to not only the move of the Spirit, but what He wants to do in you and through you. And be willing to give when you are filled. Blessed are those who give. Let us stand this morning. He comes to us, the person of the Holy Spirit. He comes as a comforter. He comes to convict us. He comes to live within us. And he wants to fill us as well. There's process to get to the outcome. And we see that the person of the Holy Spirit is the one who possesses the power. And so when we allow him to come into our hearts, he brings transformation. And not only brings transformation, but his character he brings, his holiness he brings, his love he brings, his truth he brings. And it is because of that truth that Peter and others could proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the pattern for us 
today is not simply to say, Lord, fill me. Lord, bring transformation. Bring your truth into my life. Help me in the areas where I'm struggling, Lord. That as you do, Lord, you would bring transformation and I would bring, give myself more and surrender to you and open myself to the work and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. That we would be willing to wait and as we do, that we would have a heart for the lost. That worship would be our language. That our hearts would be, Lord, fill me so that I would be able to go. Bring transformation so that I would be able to testify of your goodness and of your mercy and be able to testify of your goodness and of your love. And as you do, I promise you that the world will see the God that we serve. Father, we come before you this morning in need of you, Spirit of God. We're asking that you would bring transformation, that you would help us surrender our hearts to you. And that as you do, you would lead us as a church to call truth to those things that need to be called. That we would love and grace people and places that we need to demonstrate the light and the love of God. It is through only your working in our lives that we can get to this place. Help us to be more like you. Image bearers of your goodness and your grace. And that as you do, Lord, you will bring transformation to Richmond Hill and to the world. That you will do it through your church. You will bring transformation. And so we give ourselves to you, Lord. We make ourselves available for the work that you want to do. And let it be, Lord, that at your coming, that the pattern of this church, Lord, would be pleasing unto you. That you would see people that would love the lost, that fight for you, the unity, that keep the peace, that strive for perfection, that strive for holiness. Let it be this church, Lord Father God, that the world will look to as an example of your saving grace and your transforming power. If the Lord has spoken to your heart, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you the man on the cross has given his life for you so that you would not spend a day apart and away from him for all eternity but that you would be close to him he wants to bring transformation and life to your home and to your life if you wish to accept Jesus as Lord and your Savior I want to pray with you this morning and I want to pray for those that are saying you know Pastor Robert I want to give myself more to the Holy Spirit more to his word I want God to bring transformation so that I too can live this out and set the pattern forth I want to pray with you that God would bring not only transformation but glory that he would do the work and that he would equip us to go forth to accomplish all that he has set for us we believe God to do it and if you believe him give him a hand clap in Jesus name the Lord bless you Lord keep you
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.